Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. First column of 2023. Hello, everybody. I wish all of you who listen here, who tune into the big interviews, um, those of you who love football, many of you that um, take the time and the trouble, often humorously, to interact with us on Twitter. Thank you all. I genuinely wish that each of you has an uplifting, healthy, happy, fun. 2023. Um, We're all walking into the wind a little bit uh, these days. Many people in charge around the world are either making an arse of it or deliberately increasing the gradient as we push our way uphill into the oncoming gusts of of wind. Life is uh, harder work now than it's been for many, many years for all of you for all of us. And therefore, I fervently hope that you find inspiration and, and fun and creativity and satisfaction and and well-being in 2023. Not all of us will, but that's my desire for you. On the subject, before I read this column about Spain's Copa del Rey, thank you again to ESPN for the permission for me to do that to you. Um <clears throat> To you? I think I meant for you. (laughs) We'll see. Maybe it's a punishment. But yes, before I start, I kind of hope that Celta Vigo win the cup this year and Iago Aspas scores a hat-trick against whoever, wherever it's played. Why? For Simon Hanley. Most of you, I think, um, because so many of you reacted on Twitter, most of you know that... um, My friend, Simon Hanley, um, who had been for a very brief time fighting stage four cancer and who had, I think, a decent expectation of another two or three years if his treatments went well, died on his birthday, Hogmanay, 31st of December 2022, precisely 60 years after he was born. It's a loss. He was a gigantic uh, presence, um, very um, widely read, fun, new music inside out. Um, I'd been taken by his big sister to many gigs that he shouldn't have been to when he was 13, 14. And so had seen Lou Reed and, and Bowie and I don't know who all else that 
I never got to see. Um, and he told you about them. He told you about all the things he knew and he read. He, he deeply believed in broadening his mind. And um, as his brother James said to me, he could be a Noel, he could be a pain in the arse. But he was funny, deeply passionate about Spanish football. He recruited me and Duncan McMath to La Liga Television, something which I've enjoyed hugely. Another thing I enjoyed hugely with him, beyond drinking and carousing, which we did a lot, beyond co-commentating, which we did a lot and seemed to have a symbiosis, was playing golf in his youth. He'd been very, very good. He'd been nearly scratched down 3-4 handicap. He was playing about 14, 15 miles better than me. But a good tutor, a good company. I've lost a friend, but we've all lost somebody who I think felt a little bit under-noticed, under-appreciated when he gravitated into commentating relatively late in life. Because the the main feedback, apart from, you know, some generous people who told him how well he'd done on a, on a show, as a presenter or on a commentary... There were always people, as his profile grew, who, who wanted to pick away at something he'd said or not said or some perceived bias, and that stung him a little bit. And, of course, what he can't see now is that the the message posted by La Liga Television has been seen by very nearly a million people. James, his brother, another great guy, and Jordy, his son, as well as his partner, Belen, asked me to, to put something on the Twitter, so I did. I, I didn't know if I'd handle it well. I felt a little bit gauche doing it. Um, but the deluge of response to um, both La Liga's notice and, and the small video that I posted about Simon, appreciation of Simon, the absolute outpouring of respect and appreciation and how much he'd be missed, what people thought of his skills... Many of them were the funniest one of all, and and Simon would laugh too. So don't think I'm being that I'm I'm stepping out of place here. But there was one tweet from somebody saying, "Oh no, the Pele and the Pope, and now Simon Hanley. What's going on?" He'd have absolutely loved that, and he'd have loved, and he would have been surprised about how many people said you he was their favourite that that he was the best voice for commentary, that because we're all flawed, we all make mistakes, and, and Simon knew he was no different from that. And he wasn't a guy who went out and sought praise desperately, and, you know, as as many people in TV are like, he didn't desperately need to be reassured of his wonder every day. But everybody who cares about their profession likes to think that they've connected with others, that they've communicated, and that it meant something. And the gigantic outpouring of those sentiments post-Simon's death makes me say to you, whatever you've got to say to people, tell them while they're alive. Now, with a rough jump cut straight into the column, how unprofessional is this? This is what I wrote ahead of. I don't know when you listen to it, but this is what I wrote ahead of the beginning of the the Copa del Rey taking flight. 
with all the big teams now in it. They've been playing for a handful of months because it's a gigantic competition and there are knockout rounds for the Minnows even to get into the main competition and then at least two rounds when the big teams are exempted. But it all gets going now and that's why I wrote this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is an unashamed love letter to Spain's Copa del Rey, which picks up speed this week and which, if not for you and I sending it some amor will be subconsciously tainted in the media with stock phrases like gruelling, squad rotation, cold, inhospitable stadium and embarrassing elimination. In fact, the truth is that this is a shimmering, tantalising, beautiful shock fest of a competition which, like delicate flowers and buds on trees, determinedly rouses itself about this time each year to haul us through brutal winter and into lovely spring. Real Madrid and Barcelona play this week, each of them tremulously playing away from home against minuscule, impoverished third division opposition, who the big guns are praying don't have teeth to go with the snarl. But this column is definitively not simply an homage to either David slaying Goliath or the imperious giant crushing the little guys. Not at all. This gorgeous knockout competition has, over the last 20 years, seen 11 different winners, and by comparison, the FA Cup in England, for all its hoopla and determined cheerleaders, has to go back a jaw-dropping 34 years in order to turn up the same number of distinct champions. In fact, since 2002, 16 different clubs have reached Copa del Rey finals, staged in nine different stadia right across Spain. Geographically, this is a happy gypsy of a tournament. Those grand finales have been attended by over 1.2 million fans who've thrilled to 66 goals in those showpiece matches, an average of over three per game. Now, that's entertainment. Thank you, Paul Weller. Hold on, what? You don't remember Mallorca, Zaragoza and Espanyol winning the King's Cup and their captains... Miguel Ángel Nadal, remember him? Luis Cortero and Raúl Tamudo lifting this 33-pound, two-and-a-half-feet-tall mega-trophy up in the air. You don't remember Recreativo, Osasuna, Getafe and Alaves muscling their way to the final, but losing? Well, now you do. On the theme of diversity and constant surprises, the Cup has been won by 17 different managers over those last 20 years, fuelled by the remarkable fact that only one coach, Luis Enrique Martinez, won it consecutively. That was with Barcelona between 2015 and 2017. Across these two decades that we put the microscope on, only one other guy, Ronald Koeman, won the Copa del Rey twice as a manager. 
with Valencia in 2007 and Barcelona in 2021. The popping of champagne or cava corks has been sparked by goals from David Villa, Raul Tamudo, Samuel Eto'o, Cristiano Ronaldo, Gareth Bale, Jesus Navas, Andres Iniesta, Borja Iglesias, Mikel Oyarzabal, Leo Messi, Neymar, Diego Tristan, Freddy Canuti, Xavi, Juan Mata, Fernando Morientes, and what a roll call of stunning talent that is for guys who've scored in the final. We do live in an age when some grow weary of super clubs lavishing money on excellence and thus narrowing the breadth of who wins the championship in England, Germany, Spain, France or Italy. Ditto the Champions League. By comparison, Spain's knockout competition refuses to get in line. This is the Rebel Trophy. Catch me if you can, lift me if you dare. It seems to mock La Liga's clubs each season. Just for a moment, I'll cater for those whose eyes dote on the big two. On Tuesday, Madrid drive three hours west to face third division club Polideportivo Casareño. The Minos from Cáceres have never in their history been further in the Copa del Rey than this, and they play in a 7,000 capacity oddity of a stadium, which is named after the current king, handy for the Copa del Rey, and which has beautiful stained glass windows at the back of its only stand. Despite excruciating defeats to Alcorcón, Leganés and Real Union de Irún over the last 20 years in this quixotic knockout tournament, Los Blancos leave Thibaut Courtois, Ferland Mondi, Dani Carvajal, David Alaba, Luka Modric, Tony Cruz, Vinicius and Karim Benzema at home to rest. It's wholly understandable from Carlo Ancelotti. Perhaps it's even unavoidable, given the brutal calendar. But it's always, always a risk in this competition. On Wednesday, Barcelona play in a small, 23,000 population, suburb of the southeastern city of Alicante. Club de Football Intercity, also a tiny third division outfit, with a stadium capacity of just 2,500, have only existed in their current form since 2017, and this is just their second ever season in the Copa del Rey. Try to imagine the delicious thrill for these clubs, their fans, the local inhabitants. A kind of friendly earthquake will hit their towns. Attention, glamour, income, and however much anyone tries to ignore it, just the faintest whiff of... What if? And from what if to who knows? Is, perhaps, Real Madrid's utterly mixed up relationship with the Cup in modern times a big part of what makes the Copa del Rey so open, so tempting for the clubs, which often, otherwise, feel bruised and intimidated by the might of Los Blancos in full flow? I'll explain. When this next final ends, May the 6th, Ah, sunshine, warmth. It'll be nine years since Madrid lifted the cup. And right now, we're in a spell where Spain's most successful club has only won the knockout competition three times in 30 years since beating Zaragoza 2-0 in Valencia back in 1993. Now, for Madrid, that's a strange anomaly. And it's one of the things which has stood in the way of Los Blancos emulating clubs like Manchester United, Barcelona, Celtic, Ajax or Bayern Munich in winning the fabled treble of league, 
FA Cup and Champions League. The truth is that when Madrid either lose or win this thing, it's almost equally spectacular. Just think about Cristiano Ronaldo's gravity-defying header at Mestalla in 2011 to beat Pep Guardiola's Barca and deny them a treble, or that peach which Gareth Bale scored in another classical final three years later, when his phenomenal head down, I will not be stopped, run, seemed to take him past an infinite number of opponents twice around the stadium and through the car park before scoring past Jose Pinto. Historic brilliance, each of them. Go find those epic goals on YouTube if you don't believe me. That's in contrast with, for example, the only cup final of the Galactico era when, in 2004, Zinedine Zidane, Raul, Luis Figo, Michel Salgado, Guti and company lost to newly promoted Zaragoza up in Barcelona's Olympic Stadium. That night, Roberto Carlos and David Beckham both scored worldy free kicks. From so far out, each of them were almost in another postal code. But Madrid lost 3-2 against a 10-man Zaragoza, inspired by a brilliant 22-year-old called David Villa. Or the 2002 Centenariaso, Madrid's 100th birthday to the day, the Copa final in the Santiago Bernabeu against Deportivo La Coruña, all of it was supposed to be a procession against a side who'd only ever won twice in 60 years at Los Blancos headquarters. Ex-Deportivo La Coruña man Flavio Conceição was in the Madrid squad that night and, pre-match, on the pitch, rather naively invited several of his ex-teammates to Madrid's banquet and nightclub celebration, all of which had been booked and paid for in the full expectation of a centenary and cup-winning mega-celebration. It was a red rag to a bull. Depor, suitably incentivised and incensed, one to one. Their tens of thousands of fans sarcastically singing, Happy birthday to you, cumpleaños feliz, long before the final whistle ended Madrid's misery. And, fair play, Los Blancos sent their on-ice champagne supplies through to the winner's dressing room. Class. So many highlights, so many stories. Zaragoza thrashing Barcelona 5-4 and then Madrid 6-5 on aggregate in the quarter and the semi-finals before somehow losing 4-1 to Espanyol in the 2004 final. Sergio Ramos dropping the cup during Madrid's victory parade and watching it disappear under the front wheels of the double-decker bus. Sergio... Marcelino not only taking Valencia into the Champions League via league performance, but tormenting Barcelona in a 2-1 victorious 2017 Copa final, only to be thanked with the sack from Los Che's ungrateful owner, Peter Lim. Atleti, somehow, in the 2013 final, ending a 26-match, 14-year curse of not beating Madrid, via a 2-1 win where both Cristiano Ronaldo and Jose Mourinho were sent off, referee Klaus Gomez showed 17 cards, and the Colchonero fans sang, Jose must stay. He didn't. Now really, only in the Copa del Rey could Real Sociedad win their first Basque derby final against Athletic Club for 112 years, then revel in their coach, who's a fanatical fan of the club, Stripping off his sports jacket in the post-match press conference, pulling on an old-fashioned La Real strip, 
hoisting a scarf about his head and screaming Churi Ordeen fan chants until his voice cracked and broke. Because both La Real and Athletic had wanted to beat the pandemic and have fans at that event, a lost cause unfortunately, they'd postponed the 2020 final by year, meaning that the 2021 showpiece finale took place only two weeks later which guaranteed extra schadenfreude joy for Real Sociedad fans in that while their team couldn't retain the cup, Athletic lost their second final in 14 days, this time 4-0 to Barcelona. Only in the Copa, I tell you. Spain, like every other elite nation, like you and like me, is about to be drenched in soccer from now until June. The Supercopa, the World Club Cup, the Champions League, Europa League, international matches for Spain under a new coach and more La Liga matches than you can throw a stick at. But please, I beseech you, blow a kiss and keep a special place in your heart for Spain's idiosyncratic, unpredictable, thrill-packed, lovable Copa del Rey. It'll love you back. Cheers, Simon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.